Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of A Drummer's Guide 2. It's a beautiful day here in, uh, well, just outside of London. A place called Harlow, if anyone knows. Um, yeah, it's absolutely, we've had the most stunning summer here. I don't know what's going on, but uh, everyone is definitely making the most of it, which is really nice. Um, yeah, so today I wanted to cover a subject which I think has been definitely a cornerstone of my career and I just wanted to share that with you really um, and that cornerstone is song charting. It's something that I've done well properly for the last sort of 10 years. I sort of did a bit of it when I was younger but it was more with a view to just learning the exact notes that a drummer was playing which definitely has its place but what I'm talking about is more practical song charts more like roadmaps almost so that when you're coming into a gig and it might be very last minute which I've done many a time it's a great way to get through those gigs and to know that you can create something that you can take on a gig that then you you just feel safe you feel safe in the knowledge that a you know how to listen to a song you know how to chart it and create this roadmap and therefore you're going to be able to play the songs and play the gig and everyone's going to be happy and yes you might be reading a chart but if you can do it and do it in a, and play in a convincing way despite reading then you're going to get called again and again and like i said i've learned to do this over the years and it's definitely a big part of the reason that i get called for a lot of gigs really so i just wanted to take you through why I started doing it and then uh, you know some benefits of it and also some fairly well-known gigs that I got because of it basically um, and then how I'm still using it day to day even when it, there's not sort of a tour coming up necessarily. Um, so the reason that I got going with this song charting thing was when I was around about I guess 19 or 20 something like that I was playing in a lot of bands I mean I've always played in a lot of bands even in school I mean it was just ridiculous I was playing in like eight bands in school as well as actually going to school and doing GCSEs and A-levels and all sorts um, and you, as you can imagine as soon as I got out of school I just sort of like filled up that time that I was at school with more bands <laughs> so what that meant was I was I was learning a really heavy song load all the time and it just became there was a point that came that I just thought you know what there has to be a better way of me doing this rather than just you know listening to songs over and over and over again and, and spending hours and hours and hours listening and practicing when I could and I just thought there's got to be a more streamlined way of doing this, a more effective, a more productive way of doing this. And I'm very big into doing things in a productive way, like the most productive way that you can, so you can get the most done in the shortest amount of time. And a friend of mine introduced me to the idea of song charting. And when they did, I was sort of like going, oh no, but you know, I've done charting before and it just takes hours and you have to write out every single note and it's, blah, 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 I just hate it. And they explained to me, oh, no, 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 I'm not talking about like properly, like properly notated music. What I'm talking about is a roadmap, a roadmap to each song that you can glance at and it can remind you what section's about to come up or what drum beat you're going to play or where you need to come in or more importantly, where you need to end as well. Um, and they taught me this sort of method, which I've I've developed a little bit myself and changed bits here and there and have created something that if most people looked at it, they would just go, what in the world is that? In fact, I've actually done uh, a couple of videos of myself, uh, one of them in particular, I am song charting live in real time, songs that 
either I've heard before, maybe haven't played before, but I've sort of heard them but don't know the details. There's a song that I have never heard before that I just song I just chart it right there and then uh, I've also got a bunch of uh, different uh, jpegs and pdfs of, of songs that I've charted so you can literally scroll through them and, and have a look and see how I do what I do uh, but yeah if you look at it cold it does seem a little bit crazy but if you read through why or watch the video you'll see exactly why I do what I do and how useful it is so yeah, so I got to this point where I was playing with like tons of bands and I just was like, right, I need to find this way. And I, I found out, <laughs> my friend told me about this charting thing and I just started doing it with absolutely everyone that I played with. And it became, actually for a while, it became a little bit of a crutch, which I've sort of uh, grown out of now because I, I what I would do is, just because I didn't want my brain to be completely full of songs all the time, I would chart them like very close to the gig. So I'm talking like the day of or the day before probably, but yeah, sometimes the day of. Um, not because I didn't have the time. I could have done it a week before, but I, I mean, I've always been like this, to be honest. I've always been that person that does things last minute. I've gotten better recently, but it, yeah, there was something about the pressure of having an imminent deadline made me just work harder and more concentrated and whatever. So I tried to use that to my advantage. In hindsight, it probably caused a lot more stress than I needed it to, but hey-ho, we live and learn and it's all good. So yeah, so I, I spent years sort of charting out loads of stuff and and it became a, a almost daily ritual I guess um again just out of necessity purely and what that meant was I became very good at learning songs very quickly and charting out songs quickly and then therefore being able to play them uh, usually within one uh listening and it's been such an incredible skill to have because it's all good and well learning by ear and you know people that can do that is I mean, it's great, and I can do that to a degree, but if I'm learning, say, 20 songs, there's a point that comes that my ear and my brain just starts mixing stuff up, and, you know, I haven't got the best memory in the world. My mum jokes with me and says, because you remember so many songs, you know all these songs, and they've taken up all your brain space, but, you know, I, I would rather not take that risk where in the moment where you might be really stressed for whatever reason the gig might be going a bit wrong and you know all of a sudden you become really aware of what you're playing and then suddenly it's like oh no I don't know what's coming next and I don't know and then your brain falls out of your head so I'd rather have that sort of that piece of paper or, or whatever it is just to nudge me just to give me a bit of a bit of peace of mind almost so yeah I learned to do this and as I say it's been so beneficial, even down to, I remember so often, like, going into either recording sessions or even auditions where you haven't got the song beforehand, you get it on the day, and they'll play it, and you'll be like, oh yeah, great, have you, got, have you just got a bit of paper or whatever, I just want to do a quick chart. Oh yeah, yeah, fine. And they play it once and you chart it, because you've done it hundreds of times before, Um and then it's just like, okay, great, should we do it then? And more often than not, I have to say, it's a lovely thing to see when people look at you like, sorry, what? Do you do you not want to hear it again? Or no, no, that I mean, that should be fine. Should we should we go in and do a take? Let's just do a take, and then we'll see. And then and yeah. And as I say, more often than not, it's just like straight in, do the song, whatever. And 
that is a great position to be in, that you're there, you're professional, you're not wasting anyone's time, because especially in the studio, and in fact, in auditions as well, in the studio, it's like time is money. That's always what I was brought up to believe, and it's true. You know, people are renting out a studio, they are spending a lot of money usually, they're hiring in an engineer, a producer, the other musicians, and the last thing you want is them to be waiting on you because you didn't do all your homework beforehand. And I'm not talking about learning the song because if you're getting it on the day, that's that. But that does that is not an excuse for not knowing how to deal with the situation. If you haven't done all this practice beforehand of charting songs everyone's going to be waiting on you. And I personally, like I say, it makes me feel uncomfortable and I don't think it's fair. I think the reason that I'm employed is to do a good and quick job. I, you know, I, like I say, I don't like people waiting around for me. It makes me very uncomfortable. Um, and then in an audition situation, you've got to remember that whoever you're auditioning for are probably seeing sort of like, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight sets of musicians throughout a day. And depending on where you are in that day, you might be the last lot that they're seeing. And the last thing that they want is to be sitting around going, oh my gosh, are they still learning it? Are you serious? Like, it's not going to look good. Whereas if you do it straight away, they're thinking, okay, this person obviously has a lot of experience. They know they've done this a lot, clearly. You can't really, you know... it does take time to learn and the more you do it the more experienced obviously you are and you seem and the quicker you will get and and it will just reflect well on you in whatever situation and it's certainly like got me out of a lot of bad situations like for instance I got called um when would that have been it must have been around about 2008 so I would have been like 21 22 so that means that I probably I hadn't been charting for very long uh, and I got this phone call from a friend of a friend and they sort of had their drummer had bailed not bailed on them something had happened to their drummer and uh, they had a gig that night and uh, just sort of said look you've been recommended can you come do it and I was like oh yeah totally that's totally fine like if you just send over the the set and then um, just send over the address and yeah I'll be there at whatever time it was and bear in mind I'd been playing in covers bands for the I don't know the last four years previous and not just one covers bands like a lot of covers bands and I thought well you know I've got quite a good knowledge of a lot of types of different sets and whatever Um, And I thought, okay, yeah, I mean, the chances are they're going to send over this this list and I'm going to know like most of what they're sending over anyway. There might be a couple of ones and then I can just like chart them and that'll be fine. Anyway, they sent over this list and I mean, there were maybe a couple that I knew, but they had decided to make these into medleys and like changed the structures of them and basically sent me over 40 brand new songs in my head because I was just like oh my gosh I okay so I literally have they must have called me at like I don't know 10 in the morning or something like that and I probably had to leave at around six so I was like okay I have eight hours to learn 40 songs this is insane so I literally just absolutely bolted through them and like charted every single one and then I mean don't get me wrong I was stressed I was stressed a lot but I knew because of my past experience, I can listen to each of these once and then I can chart them. And I know that once they're charted, they will be what the song is, if you know what I mean. And that means that I can follow them and I'm going to hit all the accents that they need, all the stops that they need, all the starts, all the stops, um, as in endings. 
and uh, it's going to be all right. And I kind of had to trust in myself that that was going to be okay. And then, so I charted them all and sort of like listened to them a bit. But I'm very, I'm a very big believer in uh, before doing something like that, where you're taking on a lot of knowledge very quickly uh, of having a rest. So I was like, right, if I just do all this first, and then what I need to do is not listen to it at all and just go and do something else, like go for a long walk, cook some food, whatever it is. And then on the way to the gig, I listened to it all again with bearing in mind, you know, I was just hoping that somewhere some of these charts had kind of sunk into my brain, which they kind of had actually. And and anyway, I drove to this gig and I, I probably would have listened to the whole set maybe, maybe once, maybe not even once and got there and did the gig and it was totally fine and it turned out really well and I ended up, I mean, I still work with that lot uh, very occasionally actually, unfortunately occasionally because I really love them, they're really uh, sweet. Uh, in fact, if you want to go and check out a really cool covers band, go check out The Tide. Uh, they play in London a, a lot and they're kind of like a rock, uh, yeah, they're a rock band, they're really cool. Um, so yes, yeah, so I went and did that gig and then we ended up doing a bunch of other stuff but just to know that I could sit down and learn all of these songs in a really short period of time and and trust myself on that and and be able to deliver I mean they were they were I think they were fairly impressed I mean like I say they called me back so it's always a nice place to be in when people are calling you after you've worked with them um yeah so so it's been really beneficial and all that work that I'd done beforehand I didn't know this situation was going to come up but it was such a nice feeling knowing that I could handle it even though obviously at times I was going I can't do this I can't do this but in my in my head I was just going no you can you can you can it'll be fine and then yeah so that that's a I think was a really great lesson and then following that maybe six months later something like that it was it was not long afterwards maybe a year later I got a phone call from Brian Ferry's manager who I didn't realize was Brian Ferry's manager at the time and he called me uh, as I was going to another gig that I was doing um, with a, a random, a very random uh, artist that I can't actually remember the name of right now, which is quite embarrassing. He was very sweet. We only did a couple of shows. And he called me and he was like, oh, how are you? And we hadn't spoken in years. And I was like, oh, Alistair, how are you doing? Are you well? He was like, yeah, I'm really good. Just a really quick one are you around tomorrow by any chance? And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm just on my way to a gig, but yeah, tomorrow I'm around, like, what's going on? He's like, oh, could you come do a gig for me? I said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Like I said, I'm just on my way out, but uh, if you send over the songs or whatever and then I can learn them tonight and then uh, or tomorrow and then come and, you know, do the show. He's like, ah, that's brilliant, that's perfect. I said, oh, by the way, who's the, who's the gig for? Said, oh, it's for Brian Ferry. All right. Okay. Great. Uh, yeah. So instantly, my head is spinning and just like, oh my gosh. Okay. So this is like a serious gig. And at the time, I'd had like I'd done a little bit professionally. I'd I'd sort of worked with the hours, which we did about a year and a half of touring and recording. We did some really amazing stuff. But this kind of was my next big call as of that because I left them in the middle of 2009 and I believe this came this phone call came at the beginning of 2010 I think don't quote me on that but I think it was around about then and yeah so I was like oh my gosh all right okay maybe this maybe this will be okay maybe this will be fine maybe I just need to not think about it let me just go and do this gig anyway I get home from the gig and he sent through all the songs and it suddenly dawned on me the intricacy of all the songs of Brian's and the players who were playing on it were like 
absolutely legendary. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to fill these shoes. This is ridiculous. How am I going to do this? So I ended up staying up. I mean, I must have gotten home at about midnight. I ended up staying up till about five in the morning charting all of these songs but not charting them in my usual roadmap way I was charting them in like as much intricate detail as I could you know copying the fills that they were doing and obviously the feel but all the little nuances and and accents and you know just things that made the song the song and they were so much more intricate than I thought I mean I knew a couple of Brian's songs already uh, just from listening not playing and also he does uh, a few covers so luckily I sort of knew them but again they were his version so they were different so it was like learning a whole ton of new songs and I, I mean I was in tears I was so stressed out at the time I didn't have a kit to practice on either so I knew that the first time I was going to play these songs was going to be in the room with Brian, I say in the room, as in at the venue with Brian, uh, and I was totally stressed out, I can't tell you how stressed, but then it must have hit about five o'clock and I sort of had charted them all, and this is another thing that I think is really useful when you're learning stuff, is that I'm a massive believer in like uh, sleeping, if you can, before playing, I know that I just said this whole thing of about charting songs just before I do the gig because I like the pressure but when it's a situation like that ideally I'd like to have a sleep in between actually going to do it so I made sure that I slept I mean I was knackered by the time it got to five or whatever so I yeah I went to sleep I got up I I sort of listened to the songs over and over again uh whilst whilst reading the charts just to sort of triple check okay cool uh then went to the show was listening to the songs in the car and just going gosh please please just by osmosis please like subliminally please just pick up everything please pick up everything uh arrived to the gig um met brian met the band everyone was just so lovely and so uh inviting and welcoming and i mean from their point of view obviously they've just their drummer's just gone awol and i sort of like just swoop in and go yeah i can do that even though inside i'm going oh my gosh i'm terrified uh anyway but we we did the show and it all went really well. Uh, I They seemed incredibly happy. Brian was in, seemed incredibly happy. Um, and then the next day I got a phone call from his studio just saying, oh, Brian would like to know if, if you wanted to come and hang out at the studio. And I was like, this is mental. Uh, yeah, of course, that that's great. And I turned up there and that's how I ended up recording on his next album, which is uh, the album Olympia. So I'm on like four tracks on that. And that would not have happened had I have not had this background knowledge of charting and and just how to learn songs quick enough and to a high enough standard that I could go and play with someone like Brian who was happy. I mean, that's all you want, really. You just want the artist to be happy. That's always been a big aim of mine. So, yeah, and like I said, and then I ended up working with him for the next four years or something mad like that. And it's all from this one phone call of me just going, okay, I can do this. Even though, in reality, I was actually, like I say, in tears, inconsolable, just going, oh, we're going to do it. Ah. But, you know, as I say, when these things happen, you just have to step up and just, uh, yeah, go for it. Definitely go for it. Oh, I wanted to mention again. So, you know, I said about the sleeping after or before playing a gig or, or after learning something. I don't even mean just like a proper night's sleep. What I used to do a lot, uh, I haven't had to for a while, actually, is 
after I'd charted stuff, uh, I, w- I mean, I would be pretty tired anyway, to be honest. I would go for a nap, and that can be anything... I'd love to say I can go for a 20-minute nap. I can't. It. All- I wake up feeling gross. So, for me, a nap is like an hour and a half. It's like a full cycle. I know there's people that are probably going, that's terrible for you, and whatever, and you're probably right, and I'm sorry I'm not a very good human being, but it really helps for me. And I will go for a nap for an hour and a half and I will wake up and it's almost like things will have settled in my brain a little bit. So if I can, I will always sleep before I go to do a gig or a rehearsal or whatever it is, whatever it is. Um, I find it really helps. So, I mean, I'd say experiment with that and see if it helps you too, because I don't think I'm the only one. Um, in fact, I have a very specific way. Like if I have a lot of time these days, I have a very specific way that I like to learn songs and it does involve charting, but there's this whole process. So I start off by uh, listening to the songs uh, like subliminally. And if I can do that for a few days, that's great. Like whilst I'm driving or, you know, doing the washing up or whatever it is, um, I will just listen passively. Oh, exercising whilst I'm exercising is a really good time to do it because uh, I'm so physically uh, like busy that I can't turn my attention to something mental if that makes sense so I I am just listening passively whilst doing my exercises and I can kind of concentrate on bits if I want to anyway I'll go into that another time um so yeah <laughs> so I'll listen passively for like however long maybe a couple of days if I'm lucky and then what I'll do is I'll sit down and I'll properly chart the songs and and again in the roadmap way not in the full-on like intricacies And then what I'll do is I'll play along to the songs and I will play along to the charts. And then what I'll do is I'll play along without the charts. And then what I'll do after that is I will sit and I'll visualise the songs whilst I'm uh, listening like on headphones and pretending that I'm playing or imagining, visualising that I'm playing along with it. And then I'll just, again, and then I'll go back to the beginning and I'll listen passively. And the last, the very last thing I'll do whenever I'm learning anything is say I'm on the way to the gig or to the rehearsal or whatever it is, I will listen to those songs on the way so that it's like, yeah, it's just like, I'm just almost going over. It's like an overview, just like, yep, yeah, cool. I know that bit. I know what that, this is what's coming next. Yep, there we go. And that happened. And I know what's about to happen. And yep, that's happened. And maybe even tap along. Although sometimes I end up doing some very questionable driving when I do that. So I try not to do that anymore. And then say I'm like 10 minutes away from the gig, I will switch off the music. I will drive in complete silence for two reasons. First reason is I like to clear my brain before I get to where I'm going. I mean, if it's a rehearsal, you're essentially going to be playing these songs for the next 10 hours or more, maybe a bit less, depending. Um, So, you know, there's going to be enough of hearing them. Let's give my brain a break and my ears a break. The second reason is it's very embarrassing when you rock up to a rehearsal or a gig and you're listening full blast to the artist's songs. It doesn't look very good. I'm not going to lie. And it's happened to me so often. And even worse when you like you rock up to a rehearsal and you've been listening and it's fine you switch off the engine fine but then you have to give the artist a lift to the station after the rehearsal and you switch on your engine and lo and behold there is their music blasting in them in the face little bit embarrassing but we get over it it's fine <laughs> so yeah so this is a like i say the whole charting thing has just it's really given me such a great foundation of learning things. It's my go-to way to learn things. I know I can rely on it. I know I can rely on myself and that I can turn up to any gig. As long as I've had time to chart it, I can pretty much do any gig that I need to, uh, that I get called for. You know, even if it's a case of charting 
on a plane to a gig. I've had to do that, which is just, it's mental. But I tell you what, nothing will make you work faster than stress. <laughs> and then even day to day, I, I still use it in the studio. Every day I'm recording, I mean, any any amount of songs really. But, you know, let's say on average, maybe three or four songs a day in the studio I'm recording. And rather than sitting there and listening, you know, four or five times to make sure that I know exactly what's going on and remember it, I just chart it. I do one chart and that's it. And I hit all the main bits. You know, if there's guide drums, I'm hitting all the accents. I'm writing down the beats if they want those exact beats. I'm I'm doing everything whilst also taking it in uh, subliminally as well. And then I go and then I record, I'll do two or three takes and then I'll comp something together and send it off to the artist. And that's it. And it just makes it a really nice, compact, streamlined way of working. And that means that I can get more tracks done in a day. And don't get me wrong, you know, it's very tiring still. And that's why I only do sort of three or four a day is because by the time I get to the fourth track, I'm starting to feel a bit tired. So, and I'm all about just doing the best job possible for the artist. You know, it it should not matter. In fact, like, no, it does not matter that they're the fourth person of my day. It should be like I'm recording for them like they're my first and I'm fresh. If I'm not fresh, then I'm not going to be recording your song that day because I'm all about just doing the best that I can for each and every person. You know, every person I work with, I absolutely adore and I'm so lucky to have so many amazing artists that ask me to to record for them so the least I can do is do my very best for them um but what that means is I've got this sort of like virtual book I say virtual because I, I do my charting on an iPad these days literally the best invention for me ever it's oh saved me so much paper waste I can't even tell you I've probably saved a whole forest worth of trees but it's great it means I can just chart stuff you know really quickly and then if they want any revisions I can just go back to it I can make notes and change stuff and then go and record again for them or whatever it is but as I say, I'm I'm charting every day, literally, as long as I'm in the studio, I'm charting. Okay, if I'm on the road on tour, maybe not. But as long as I'm here, or if I'm learning, you know, new sets, uh, you know, that's a perfect situation where charting is just, it's so useful. And also, I mean, I don't know if people know about this whole sort of learning thing. There's a good way to, like the best way to learn anything I've found is to do it in, so there's three main uh, sensory ways of learning. This is what I've read. I'm not saying this verbatim. It's like the Emily Dolan Davis version of this because I'm sure that it's not that accurate, but it works for me. So I'm going to go for it. Okay, so the first uh, the first way that you learn, the be uh, learn sorry, is visually. And that's what I feel is the charting side of things. So I can visually represent a song through a chart. Then obviously audibly, that makes sense. It's music. We're all learning audibly. So that would be the sub subliminal learning that would be the active sort of like listening to the parts blah 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 fine and then the third one is the kinesthetic learning which is where you're physically doing it and that would be the actual playing of the song so I like to make sure that I have all three sort of um three types of learning covered and I feel like that really just puts me in the very best place possible to do the very best that I can and and like I say the visual thing has always been not a problem but before I'd started charting, to me, I couldn't see a visual way. I mean, I would I would listen to drums or to music and I do see colours and I see patterns and I see textures and all sorts, well, field textures, you know what I mean? Uh, but there was no way of sort of like tapping into that to go, right, this song is that pattern. It, it was a bit too abstract for that. 
um, that kind of, you know, it wasn't practical. Whereas this charting thing is completely practical. You know, I can look now and see a chart that I've done like years ago for a band that I used to work with. They did a version of Walk This Way. I can still see the little sort of nuancey bits that they do that no one else does. I can still see that in my mind's eye. And that was like 10 years ago that I wrote that chart. Um, but yeah, it's really so useful. So I'd say... As I said, I did, I've done a couple of videos on YouTube and on Instagram and Facebook uh, which, in which I actually do charting, so you can see exactly what I do. I was going to talk about it on here, but I thought, you know what, it's just going to be so abstract. If you can't see something in front of you, it's a visual thing, you need to see it. Uh, also, there's an infographic that will show you exactly what I do. Um, yeah, so just go check them out. Um, again, as I say, go to, as I always say to you, and apologies for just repeating myself over and over again, if you go to a drummersguide2.com, then you can find all that stuff there. It's basically the hub of where everything is. Everything that you need to find, it'll all be on there. Um, and as I say, if you have any questions you'd like to ask me at all, any topics that you'd like me to cover, anything that you're struggling with at the moment uh, in terms of either, you know, just learning the drums or, or you know trying to progress as a drummer but more importantly just trying to progress as a musician and and as a as a person in the, trying to get into the music industry or if you're in there you know anything that you're struggling with just please email me because I'd love to help if I can um if you you can email me at info at a drummer's guide 2.com also if you just go onto the website I mean all this stuff is on there so you you can see it Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling. I've been rambling for almost 30 minutes and bless you if you are still listening and you've stuck with me on this. <laughs> but I hope you guys are having an awesome day. I hope you've had an awesome week. You've got a great weekend ahead. And yeah, I've got a new video coming out on Monday if you want to see that. And uh, it's about, oh, in fact, it's about being a professional musician. Uh, it's not exactly a, a sort of five-step guide, but it's more about the questions to ask yourself about why you're being a professional musician, what that means and how you're going to do it. So, um, yeah, in fact, it's, it's probably one of my favourite things I've recorded so far. So I hope you enjoy that as much as I enjoyed making it and I hope it helps. Um, and yeah, there will be another podcast of the same subject coming out on Friday. And yes, I'm going to leave you alone. Love you and leave you. Speak to you soon. See you later. Bye.